Hello world and welcome to Indisputable. I'm Ben Glebe filling in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Very excited to be here with you. Everything's going on. We have a Congress in total turmoil. We do not know who will be controlling it or when or even why. Is Trump on the way out? Is Twitter on the way out as well? Who is LeBron James? We don't even know. We got some Karens, we got some racist sheriffs for good measure. The world is burning down. Here to help me dissect all of it is a amazing contributor for TYT's The Breakdown. Please help me welcoming Yasmin Aliyah Khan. Hi, Ben. Very happy to be here on Dr. Richie's show, except it's Ben, not Dr. Richie. Yes, yes. I plan to say stick and stay, and I can't wait for the Karen segment. I've been studying Dr. Richie as much as I can. So Just for familiarity's sake, thank you. Yes, it should be indistinguishable for you, I think. Excellent. Any any headline takeaways from how you feel just generally about the midterms before we dive into our first story? How do I feel generally? You know what? I feel pretty good about what happened during the midterms. And I think that we're going to see a lot of stories evolve over the next few weeks, maybe a few months. So I'm kind of reserving judgment on a lot of things for, for a little while. I'm just kind of watching and listening and paying attention. Okay, I love that. Well, I'm going to be judging hardcore starting right about now. Let's launch into our first story. Of the day, the GOP's failed red wave has spelled only ridicule for Donald J. Trump from his own party. We got a video. What I can tell you is the biggest loser tonight is Donald Trump. Donald Trump was the big loser. This man is a loser. He's the <laughs> biggest loser in American politics. The big losers are going to be Donald Trump. Trump is not. A national winner. This is a resounding loss for him. Well, not only is Donald Trump the loser, we already heard John Carl say that Donald Trump was the biggest loser of the night. Do you agree? Oh, there's no question. Trump was the biggest loser last night. I know he hates hearing that. Biggest loser tonight. That's on Fox News Digital. Talk to yep, I couldn't be brought more joy by any video footage. Then seeing that montage, I will be playing it on loop as I sleep. It'll replace my white noise machine. Let's hope it sinks into the orange monster's brain. In the wake of Tuesday's red splash, if you can even call it that, the results are still being tabulated. The New York Post once ardent Trump lovers unleashed a vicious takedown of Donnie with this Thursday's cover depicting him as Humpty Dumpty. As you can see there, Don, who couldn't build a wall, had a great fall. Can all the GOP's men put the party back together again. Trumpty Dumpty, you gotta love it. In a scathing op-ed, the editor of the editor of commentary, John Podoritz, called Trump toxic. After three straight national tallies in which either he or his party or both were hammered by the national electorate, it's time for even his stands to accept the truth. Toxic Trump is the political equivalent of a can of raid. What Tuesday night's results suggest is that Trump is perhaps the most profound vote repellent in modern American history. The surest way to lose in these midterms was to be a politician endorsed by Trump. This is not hyperbole. I mean, it is true when you look at the fact that the vast majority of Trump's 330 endorsed candidates went straight down in flames, partially perhaps because he was endorsing a bunch of people who aren't qualified to work for someone's campaign, aren't qualified to work 
as a greeter at Walmart, let alone were the candidates at the top of the ticket themselves. The midterm failures also set the stage for the 2024 GOP nomination, elevating Florida Governor Ron DeSantis as Trump's influence appears to be waning. DeSantis clearly saw his stock rise in a party that has grown increasingly tired of being dragged down at the ballot box by Trump. But Trump's grip on a strong plurality of Republican voters appears firm, despite a string of losses on Tuesday by his acolytes. And Republicans are still trying to determine if DeSantis could unseat the long reigning king of the GOP, according to Tom Lobianco at Yahoo News. And the buzz around DeSantis was not lost on Trump, who posted this message Wednesday on Truth Social, now that the election in Florida is over and everything went quite well. It, shouldn't it be said that in 2020, I got 1.1 million more votes in Florida than Ron D got this year, 5.7 million to 4.6 million. Just asking, he writes like a teenager getting ready for prom. It's unbelievable the way this dude just asking just for a friend, didn't I get a little more votes in the homecoming tally? Trump has even tried to refute previous reports sourcing a Trump advisor that mentioned how livid he has been screaming at everyone over the midterms. He posted, there's a fake story being promulgated by third rate reporter Maggie Hageman, it's Haberman, Hageman of the failing New York Times that I am blaming our great former first lady Melania and Sean Hannity that I was angry with their pushing me to endorse Dr. Oz. First of all, Oz is a wonderful guy who has really worked hard and was a very good candidate, but he was long in the race before I ever endorsed him. They had nothing to do with it. He was not a denier, his mistake. And I was not at all angry, fake news. He was not a denier, he's his mistake, he's even calling it a denier. He's not calling it, he's somebody sharing the truth. He was not somebody who's denying the elections in this country, his mistake. And in the Republican Party these days, that could be a mistake, but thank goodness not all of them were able to move forward. Um, before we continue this story, I have to check in with Yasmin because there's a lot already to unpack there. What are your thoughts about the Trump DeSantis emerging feud? Oh, that's fun. I mean, he's such a child. Like, he doesn't need to say any of what he says most of the time, right? So, and you know, half of those people who are calling Trump a loser on all these daytime television shows and in the news and the magazines, they were all on the Trump bandwagon. They're all losers too. You can't trust anything these people say. You know, we saw the GOP live by Trump and we're gonna see it die by Trump. His endorsements didn't do as well as he apparently thought they would, as much as the media told him it would, as much as all these GOP operatives said it would. But despite being so active during the election season, he's not even he like he can't acknowledge even the possibility that his endorsements aren't worth as much as maybe they once they once were. No one's surprised by his lack of awareness, but it is reassuring to see that maybe people on the right are finally getting tired of being represented by this guy. You know, I know that we on the left have been tired of him for a long time, but we've all been kind of waiting for the right to also just exhaust themselves with Trump and all of his Trump picks. And you actually touched on a good point about Republicans wanting and needing more qualified people to fill these positions, right? Maybe Republican voters are finally tired of getting these Trump sycophants who are, you know, they're just puppets who are being put into these strategic political positions by maybe a handful of influential people in the party. You can't blame them for wanting to vote for somebody who they actually want to be represented by, for wanting to vote for a qualified candidate that they're not embarrassed to vote for. Hey, that's a strong point. Yeah, it is 
Traditionally in politics, people want to vote for candidates they're not embarrassed by. And that has changed a bit, but the embarrassment factor can still come kicking like pride kicking at you, Pulp Fiction style. And this might delay Trump's announcement with regards to whether he will be running for president or not. But probably not, knowing the man who can't keep the words of the press out of his ears. Despite embarrassing GOP losses by Trump's handpicked candidates, he probably still will announce his 2024 intentions because, quote, it's too humiliating to delay, the Trump advisor told CNN, noting there were many unknowns at this point. Meanwhile, control of the Senate and House, like I mentioned up top, are still up in the air. While Republicans are still favored to take the 435 seat House, although likely with a smaller margin than they had projected, the Senate still remains a toss up. For both chambers, a handful of yet to be called races will decide control. And on that note, really quickly, I just have to add, I still hold out hope that the remaining seats come out blue. We don't know yet, I am drinking coffee out of a mug that has a red and blue country. And when you put hot liquid in it, it turns all blue, but my coffee is cooled down. Hopefully the, the democratic steam will not be cooling down. I just saw Yasmin's sad face at that. I'll, I'll heat it up during a commercial break, don't worry. I would appreciate that, thank you. Absolutely, as of Thursday, 185 house seats were called in Democrats favor and 208 called for Republicans. A party needs to reach, of course, 208 seats to control the chamber. In the Senate, 48 seats had been called for Democrats and 49 for Republicans, leaving just three races outstanding. Democrats need to reach 50 to have a majority because the vice president serves as a tiebreaker in the chamber. But also keep in mind, Democrats have already picked up at least one seat in the Senate. And we have the runoff coming up in Georgia. And we still are waiting to hear some results and just separate of Congress. We still have one of Trump's biggest, most high profile election denying candidates, Carrie Lake running for governor in Nevada. And um, and uh, it is still to be de- to be decided, still to be determined. Uh, she was down, now she's up a little, it's neck and neck. But we'll see if that goes down because she's the one that of course Trump uh, was bragging on the phone saying, Carrie Lake mentions it every sentence. You ask her how her family is, she says the election was stolen and touted it as the best example of how to run a campaign. So a loss there would be a very strong step toward democracy. On the other side of the aisle, we have Beto O'Rourke who has now lost his third straight contest in four years. He's never won a race outside of his home district. Uh, where he, he was a, a, a council member and a congressperson. But four years ago, he was the next great hope for Texas Democrats. Now notching this, like I said, third electoral loss just last Tuesday, he's in danger of being lumped in with Democratic symbols of political failure. O'Rourke addressed his political future in his concession speech Tuesday night in El Paso, saying he would remain involved, but he did not know what form that will take. Afterward, O'Rourke supporters said they did not want him to disappear from politics, but acknowledged he could use a respite. When your own supporters are telling you, take a rest, not a great sign. But Yasmin, you are in Texas. Mm -hmm. This hits very close to home for you. What's the mood on the street? What's your take on Beto O'Rourke's future? I don't know what's going on out in the streets, but uh, for <laughs> better. I mean, like, I poor me, you know, poor me living here mm-hmm. in Texas. And you know, if I'm being honest, I never really had much faith that he would win this governorship. 
And that's not necessarily a dig at Beto himself. It's about the the political climate here in Texas. Texas is not ready for Beto O'Rourke and a lot of the powers that be, I don't think that they would have let it happen, right? Even if he was elected to be the governor, he would have a lot of, of uh, brick walls that he would be up against here. Uh, there is no way that he was going to win. It was a nice hope while it lasted. But I wouldn't be surprised if he did take some time off from running for various offices. At this point, he's kind of a meme in and of itself. But I think he definitely has a lot to offer in terms of public service. I actually, I finally met him on this last campaign and I posted a picture of us and everyone made fun of me because it was very clear how short I was and how tall he was. And I was wearing stilettos in that picture. But I mean, he's a really nice guy, I liked him a lot. He had some good things to say. He was very inspirational, very motivational. He was very well-spoken. I hope he finds his place wherever that is. Maybe he can be appointed to some cabinet position, who knows. I think he has more 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 to offer. He's apparently monstrously tall. I did not know that. I've been at I'm campaign. Well, very, very short. I am very oh, short. Oh, you are. Yeah. How, how short are you? I'm I'm five feet and no inches, zero inches. Whoa. Okay, that is pretty yeah, short. Pretty short. Yeah. Have you thought about using stilts? I have. Yeah. It seems like a lot of work though, but I, I am an expert in heels. Yeah. Fair enough. I like that. You gotta do what you gotta do to stand out in this world. I understand it. <laughs> Much like Beto O'Rourke has been trying to do unsuccessfully. I love his campaign style. I love when he just start, started talking trash. He started swearing at the the guy that was there with a gun at his event, mocking. Yeah, and 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 one thing about Beto and the way that he um the way that he carries himself, he's in Texas. The fact that he had so much support from his senatorial race and his governor race here in Texas, the support that he's gotten in Texas of all places is a huge deal. And I don't think he gets enough credit for that. He's, he's done a lot here. Yeah, and he's opened up for a lot of other positions, a lot of other Congress positions and state legislatures that are going Democratic that have not before. Thanks to the enthusiasm he's created. So it's not a total loss, but his political future definitely is in question. And I look forward to seeing what's next. TYT contributor Michael Shore interviewed on our next story here, interviewed some Trump supporters at a rally recently about a variety of subjects. And just again to show you the mass delusion happening here, one of the subjects was the terrible attack on Paul Pelosi, the Speaker of the House's husband. And here is what just a little sample of what they said about the Pelosi attack. I'm sure it's not unhinged at all. We all know what happened to Speaker Pelosi's husband this weekend, but what do you think about what happened there? It was a stage farce. In what way? Well, it just served a political purpose, and it seemed like something they would cook up, similar to Jesse Smollett. It's it's uh, it's you know what all star wrestling is. It, you know it's all that that's another fake thing. They tried to blame it on the Republicans, and we know that that's not the type of person that that was. Well, the reason I'm saying it sounds fishy, that one point they go, oh, this guy, this big leftist or whatever, says he you know, has Mike Lindell on, you know, on his Facebook or some crazy thing. And I'm going, um, so does 99% of the country. They say they think he has a friend, and they just got a little bit out of hand, which whatever they were doing, and accident happened. He fell and hit his head. So same old thing that happens in San Francisco, where they just let you know whoever do what they want to do, as long as they're on a certain side of political party. Anything can happen on TV, similar to All Star Wrestling. Thank you, Uncle Fester. It's great to have such a great report from 
people that look like they just came out from under a bridge and people often wearing absurd hats. How do people even take themselves seriously when wearing a ridiculous Uncle Sam hat? Uncle Sam wouldn't be caught dead with that hat and Uncle Sam's not a real person. You understand how absurd this is? You got these people talking and Mike Lindell finally in a group of people where he belongs just among a bunch of other idiots in the street talking about random things. 99% of Americans have Mike Lindell on their Facebook, they don't and your pillows are terrible. It's frightening to see these people. Yasmin, do you ever get tired of, of, do you ever get surprised anymore by what these Trump supporters say? No, but the 99% of Americans having Mike Lindell, that one did get me a little bit when I heard that one. You know, it's sad, you, you can't blame people for not knowing what's real anymore, it's not, it's partially not their fault. I mean, you know what? I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, but it is hard to do sometimes. At some point, you have to say, this is ridiculous and it's mean. It's really mean to just to equate something like a politician's husband being attacked by an intruder with a hammer and being like, oh, well, he just fell down. It's all, it's not real. It's all fake. It's basically just like, you know, the WWF. He fell into the hammer, was basically he fell what? into the, yeah, yeah. That's classic. like the old horrible. Abuser sentence, no, I fell into his fist. I mean, it's insane. It, it happens, I guess. I guess it happens. Maybe it happens, I, I, I don't know. I don't think that's what happened this time, but you know. And they say, oh, Republicans, sure about it. there's no way to be sure. They say Republicans don't push these kind of things. They're literally the only people pushing yeah. for political violence based upon total outright lies. And they and I, I do hear you because it's a fine line. You, to some degree, feel bad for people that have been Blindsided and hypnotized and brainwashed over the course now of decades by a party that lies to them by their news networks that completely present false information, but it has real world consequences and they don't even identify it as being from their side. Oh, what Republicans push this? You mean everyone on the on the what was the far right and the now is the mainstream right that does not condemn political violence, that does not condemn lies that lead to political violence. And um, these are the types of exact rumors that Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi herself recently spoke about being so harmful. Let's take a look at this clip. So Trump, Elon Musk, others have spread stories, casting doubt on what happened, fomenting conspiracy theories. What do you have to say to them? It's, it's, it's really sad for the country. It's really sad for the country that people of that high visibility would separate themselves from the facts and the truth in such a blatant way. It's really sad and it is um, traumatizing to those affected by it. Uh, they don't care about that, obviously. They obviously don't. Pelosi's attacker was a man named David DePape. The statement from the police made clear that it was not a random example of crime. In fact, it was a politically motivated attack. You see the real winner right there from his DMV headshot. That's not even a headshot, it's a DMV photo. That's how the man looks when he had a chance to pose on a good day getting a license. The actual motive for the attack was quite different than all the conspiracy theories. DePape stated that he was gonna hold Nancy hostage and talk to her, the documents say. If Nancy were to tell DePape the truth, he would let her go. And if she lied, he was going to break her kneecaps. DePape would decide what was true and what was false. David DePape said that the reason he specifically wanted to break her knees was so she would then have to be wheeled into Congress, which would show other members of Congress there were consequences to actions. He went on to call Speaker Pelosi the leader of the pack of lies told by the Democratic 
party. That's as reported by Raw Story. Um, how insane and how dangerous because literally they are being sold lies and then they believe the purveyors of true facts are the liars and they are wanting to send lessons into the howls of Congress. It's frightening. So let's once and for all go ahead and debunk all the rumors and all the lies. The Associated Press did a good job of, of taking down all the these false claims about the attacks, let's go through them right now. Claim, as some have heard, this was a domestic violence case in a consensual sexual relationship, the facts. Zero evidence has been presented to support that claim, which contradicts what law enforcement officials have said and what court documents describe. And how about claims of the attacker being nude or in his underwear? The claim, DePapi was in his underwear when police arrived at the house, the facts. The FBI in its affidavit describes the alleged attacker as wearing shorts with pockets. False claims about the hammer. Claim both DePapi and Pelosi were holding hammers when authorities arrived. The facts, the two men were struggling over a single hammer, police confirmed. I don't understand why the police were not able to neutralize this man faster. You got a hammer being struggled by an old man trying to get it away from an attacker. Get in there and neutralize the person, that's on them. But does not make it a conspiracy theory, just makes it bad policing. And finally, the false claims about the media fabricating his political background. Claim two far right websites attributed to DePapi were created the day of the attack and deleted the next day, proving a left wing attempt to smear him. The facts, however, the websites existed before the attack and had entries dating back years, according to AP reporting. So you have facts, will that change the mind of any deluded, far right, QAnon, Trump inspired follower that blindly parrots whatever these people that are trying to use them as zombie masses to go out and fight against our very country to fight against our democracy? I don't think so, but all we can do is put the facts out there. Yasmin, what are your thoughts? Uh, you know, it's like what Nancy was saying. It is really sad for the country when our own leaders can't be trusted to be leaders, right? These so-called leaders are actually being led by the worst of their supporters, right? They're supporting all these conspiracy theories or they're not denouncing them the way that they should be. And these leaders instead, they're kowtowing and encouraging the idiocy that they're seeing from their supporters because it helps them to maintain and to control a solid base. And conversely, you know, the Democrats are often called elitist because we expect intelligence, including emotional intelligence from our leaders, and because we're critical of the candidates that are put before us. But personally, you know, the idea that I can get a beer with my president or a representative isn't as appealing to me as a president who's actually competent and good at their job. I don't need relatable leaders. I just need leaders who can speak the truth, who know what they're talking about, who don't kowtow to the worst of the nation, the worst that the nation has to offer. I just need someone to have some semblance of competency and empathy. And empathy. I want empathy back. Why can't I say that word today? I want empathy. Because it's missing from the country, we, it's disappearing. It. I, I lost it, it's gone, it's gone forever. Empathy is like that photo in Back to the Future where the family disappears. It's not even a thing we can say anymore. It's, it's, it's leaving, it's leaving the, the realm of reality. Yeah, sadly so, and it's just frightening. It's like, I don't mind a, a, a president, I could have a beer with people think that's the only qualification. Yeah, yeah. They can yeah. be relatable, but also be somebody that is qualified and that is a kind principled human, not just the guy that can drink you under the table. We've tried that too many times recently and it does not work well. What's most astounding to me is that, after January 6th, it was the perfect chance for the Republican Party 
to save itself, to come back from the brink of extinction, from the brink of total ridiculousness and becoming a farce of the former party it once was, that my grandfather, my hero was a member of. And they denounced him for a day and then they all got scared and backed off and it is their party now, which is why I don't think there's any legitimate reasoning to still support the Republican Party. You can support policies piecemeal if you need to, if you've been a lifelong Republican, but you can no longer elect these candidates that just show that they care more about power and money, even at the expense of the country itself. Mm-hmm. On that note, I think it's time for a break. Let's cleanse, let's have a glass of water, let's enjoy the next couple minutes. We'll be right back as Dr. Richie says, stick and stay. Welcome back to Indisputable, everybody. Ben Glebe here with my co-host today, Yasmin Alia Khan. It has been a great show so far, lots more stories to get to. But first, food for thought trivia, I wanted to tell you about that. Indisputable's YouTube channel members can participate in weekly trivia called Food for Thought during the Friday bonus episode to test how much you remember from watching the the Young Turks Live. If you answer the trivia question correctly, then you have a chance at winning a $100 gift card to Blue Apron from TYT. I feel like an old game show host again from my old show idiot test, so I'm bringing back my skills. $100 gift card to Blue Apron from TYT. Make sure to link your YouTube membership to tyt.com. Find out how to do that and get all details at tyt.com slash food. Click the join button to become a member on YouTube today. And it's a $100 gift card, you don't have to put your credit card info in, none of that. Let's go to some viewer comments now if we can. We've got some TYT members at tyt.com. Travel Nurse Dragon saying, crazy how a stable genius can't figure out how to spell Haberman. Strong point. Eileen Lesbian Dance Theory Dragon says, former first lady, another admission he lost. Very strong point. And Lynn says, I like how Trump compares presidential election numbers with midterm numbers. Another good point right there as well. Um, And next, TYT reporter Laundry for Oregon, they said Sandy Hook and Pulse nightclub shooting were fake. If it doesn't conform to their narrative, it's fake. Also, very, very strong point. And we've also got YouTube member Moon Dragon member for six months. It says, Ben and Yaz, what a Thursday treat. I couldn't agree more, especially the Yaz part of that. And Moon Dragon gifted five indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie membership. So thank you so much for your support on that. And the last thing I will say here from these viewer comments is um, Dip Trip Flip Shantasia says Trump should not run again because he'd be a loser twice. If you're talking popular vote, that's technically three times. So there's always that. Shall we move on to our next story? I think we should, and I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're going to feel great. Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. So this is a one-way parking lot that this woman is refusing. She's trying to go the wrong way, down a one-way, and isn't moving. So how, yes, you can. It's a one-way street. That's what I've been saying. Go around and pull in. Back up and go around and pull in. Back up and go away. You have to get out of the way. You can't get out of the way. This is a one-way street. I know. 
You I'm can't gonna... back up. Put it in reverse. Let go. Twenty feet backwards. Get the Yes, it is serious. Move. Move your car. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You see, life is a one-way street when you're a Karen, and you only want it to be your way. Your way or the highway, even though you forget how to drive sometimes, whether you're on a highway or even standing still in a parking lot. Simple. You go the wrong way into a parking lot, you've got a bunch of cars heading directly at you. You'd think even then, simple survival would kick in and make you want to go in reverse to not be bulldozed by a bunch of cars and angry people yelling at you. But not if you're a Karen, your strength supersedes. Don't worry, there's more. Check out how this Karen tries the sympathy card at this hospital parking lot, trying to get everybody else to back up. Serious. You're in a one way. I know. You're going the wrong way on a one way street. You could have just backed up. You just you made a whole issue out of nothing. I didn't make an issue. You're the one going the wrong way. It wasn't that serious from the jump, you guys. Would you it's please? It's not that It's in there dying, and I'm supposed to be her in there. We are all here for someone in the emergency room. You're going the wrong way. There it is. She tried to get sympathy in an emergency room parking lot for her grandmother who was sick in there. Assuming everybody else was there for a birthday party. I do tend to gather in hospital parking lots for tailgates, birthday parties, big football games. But I've tried to cut back in recent years. And look, I'm no fan of over policing. But sometimes having a lot of police around does come in handy. No kidding, it took five police officers to get Karen to back that car up. Let's take a look at this gloriousness. They got her. And they're making her leave. Five cops to make her do what she should have done in the first place. There it is. There it is. Five police officers got her to finally move, and she was talking trash the whole way back. Yasmin, what can be done about this? I have no idea. Like she didn't say that she wouldn't move. She said she couldn't move. And of course she's so, you know, grief-stricken or whatever that she can't think about anybody else but herself. And five cops to make her move, it's such a waste of resources. It was such a waste of time, waste of energy. It's very exhausting. Just be a better person so nobody has to deal with you. That's all we're asking. Yeah, could you do you mind backing up those comments a little bit? It would be nice if you could just back that up. Yeah. Yeah, just see? It's easy, you just said yes right off the bat there. It's very nice, it's easy to be kind to people and to be accommodating to reasonable requests. It's not so much to ask. I mean, it's so much easier actually, you know, it's so much less energy on anyone's part to just be nice. I don't know why that's so hard for people. It's easy to just be nice, I think. Agreed. And that's why we need more anti-Karens in this world. So Antica, unite. You're screaming at employees at Walmart. Get out of here. Yes, it is. No, it's not. The United States doesn't have an official language, jackass.
customers think you won't so, follow BC. Hey, you wanna go? I can throw stuff too. I don't know who you think you are, but what I'm not is your servant. I'm not your slave or nothing. I'm not your little boy. I'm not your son. I'm not your grandchild. Yo. Oh, you wish you could see that every damn day, don't you? This anti-care and his TikTok poster wreak havoc. He's also a photographer based in Raleigh, North Carolina. He regularly posts videos on TikTok about his life as a manager at Wendy's. There has been no official statement from Wendy's or from Wendy herself. She is in a field somewhere with her pigtails, happily oblivious to the Karens that are out there in the world. Um, I love that even Wendy's managers these days are also prominent TikTokers that are carving their place in the world because it's finally truly a little bit of power to the people at least. People get to expose all of the insanity they have to deal with and all the jobs that we rely on in our society. And I love an anti-Karen that smacks down a Karen like this, uh, Yasmin. Anti-Karens, powerful, effective? Yeah, yeah, man, like service workers really are the heroes of America. They're they're there on the ground floor. They're dealing with the worst of it and the best of it. And you know, personally, I'm generally pretty non-confrontational, but I also love to see justice enacted, especially in real time. I love seeing a terrible person get put in their place. And it's kind of sad because you know, a lot of times people hold their tongues because they're worried about losing their jobs. And I know the economy is, you know, kind of crazy. I know jobs are hard to come by, but service workers deserve to keep their dignity intact. You know, nothing is worse than having to hold your tongue and let somebody speak to you that way just because you're afraid of losing a job at Wendy's. 100%. And so hopefully when Wendy's or Wendy herself do come out with a statement, they support wreak havoc for wreaking havoc on a customer that deserved it. Our next story. Twitter rolled out Twitter Blue on Wednesday, Oh yay for the world. The subscription service that lets anybody get a blue check mark on their account for $8 per month. And subscribers immediately created fake celebrity accounts that threw the Twitterverse into widespread confusion. One poster threw unaware sports fans into a frenzy when they created an account posing as LeBron James posting. I'm officially requesting a trade. Thank you Lakers Nation for all the support through the years. On to bigger and better things, hashtag the kid from Akron and hashtag I'm coming home. And when I saw it for a second, I was confused when I just saw it pop up until I realized it was fake. Another poster posed as Dave Chappelle posting trans woman are woman, no longer team turf y'all. That account was suspended as was the fake LeBron James account, but not before they all went pretty viral and spread like wildfire, much like Twitter is pretty much ablaze already at the moment in the financial world. Internet investor James Calacanis was impersonated as well, posting, tired of trolls posting Epstein book at me. I knew Jeff only on a professional basis, visited townhouse and took fundraising meeting on his island. Every room in attendance was 18 plus, no possibility anything illegal happened. Pretending to be Calacanis, pretending to defend himself on Epstein accusations, the whole thing from a parody account as created by 
Elon Musk's haphazard way in which he is just setting fire to Twitter. Political figures like Rudy Giuliani weren't immune to impersonation either with a fake account posting, I stand with Kyrie Irving and Kanye West because George Soros once pushed me down the street and I was stuck on my back like a turtle for several minutes. At least you gotta hand it to fake Rudy Giuliani for being wittier than real Rudy Giuliani and for making it clear that they are joking by not actually trying to impersonate a man. He would never be that clever in his own life. Another fake account had a George W. Bush posting, I miss killing Iraqis with a fake Tony Blair replying, same to be honest. Um, very wild, very wild. I like the political satire there calling back out some of our leaders of recent history that we have you know, kind of whitewashed into being much better people than they were. But let's not forget of the hundreds of thousands of innocent Iraqis that were killed by this misbegotten and false pretenses war that we went into Iraq or we did not need to do. And was through a ginning up of fear in our populace in a way that was highly unnecessary and that will forever be a huge stain on our nation. And who knew we'd have a president that makes that even seem quaint in retrospect when you have someone tearing down the very concept of the nation itself. But somebody even paid to get a blue check for a fake Twitter corporate account, posing as Twitter themselves, then posted an NFT crypto owners, posted that NFT or crypto owners could get verified for free if they signed up for an account, looked like an obvious phishing attempt to me, but it's verified with a blue check. These fake accounts were all eventually suspended, but Clearly, Elon Musk firing the entire staff of Twitter and then just haphazardly deciding to do stuff that everybody was proving to him time and again, the reasons why it would fail was not a good plan. Yasmin, your thoughts on this? Can Twitter be saved? Does Elon know what he's doing? I don't care if Twitter can be, I don't I don't <laughs> like Twitter, I've never liked Twitter. I think it's a terrible place. And what a dumb service, if you wanna call it that. There's no real benefits to the subscription service and it negates everything about like any of the actual benefits of having a blue check by your name. Which is what we're seeing with all of these fake accounts. It's kind of perfect though. You know, Elon doesn't really care about integrity on his platform. He's made that very clear. He's lost advertisers because of it. And this blue check subscription service is kind of the epitomization of that. So I think it's perfect. Whatever. Do what it you gotta is do. Indeed. And what's that? I was like, do what you gotta do, Elon. Run it to the ground. I don't care. Yeah, it's very strange because he's given the credit of being this enormous genius, but he didn't really start either of his other companies. He came in at later stage. Yeah, we gotta be careful with throwing that label around, I think. We gotta be careful about who we call a genius. We do indeed, we do indeed. And it's just pretty hilarious, the fact that he was just owned so easily by AOC before they even put this into effect saying, the irony of a billionaire saying pay just $8 to ensure free speech was not lost on her, but was lost on him. And soon any sense of whatever amount of public square Twitter was will be gone. On that note, we have much more coming your way. Let's take a little break for a moment as Dr. Ritchie says, stick and stay. Welcome back to Indisputable, I'm Ben Glebe filling in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. My co-host today is Yasmin Aliyah Khan. We're having a good time here going through everything that is hitting us in this wild world this fine day. A couple of reminders for you, 
Unbossed with Senator Nina Turner, the brand new show here on TYT. Tune in, subscribe to Unbossed at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific every day of the week. YouTube.com slash Unbossed TYT to subscribe there. And the watch list, make sure and add the watch list to your watch list and join JR Jackson live weekdays at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. I sometimes co-host each of those shows. They are amazing shows, a very good time. Um, and just very interesting perspective on all the craziness going on in the world. A few comments here and super chats from first our TYT members at TYT.com. Techstan at StansDev-com about the Karen not backing up in the parking lot says, I have a large steel brush guard on my truck for just that situation. And Mickey C, the silver haired dragon says, silly me, I did that once in a hospital parking lot. When it was pointed out that I was going the wrong way, I was embarrassed as hell and corrected immediately. Never occurred to me to throw a tantrum. Well, you don't have your Karen credentials yet then, I'm so sorry. And on the launch of the $8 blue check chaos on Twitter, Lynn at XCon says, Musk is like a substitute teacher who has lost control of the class. That is one. 100% true, and thank you to YouTube member Clayton Bigsby as well, who says, welcome to Indisputable. I'm not sure if you're welcoming others, welcoming us, welcome to everybody. It's a very welcoming environment here, so all are welcome. Let's go into our next story. This one is not surprising and also frustrating. A red wave of white women voted for Republican candidates during the 2022 midterms. Despite their support to uphold Roe v. Wade when it was overturned. The reversal of Roe v. Wade earlier this year saw an outpouring from women, particularly white women, calling for the government to stop it, stop interfering with the right to choose. This Twitter user made it clear what these numbers meant. 8% more white women voted Republican this time than they did in 2018. After SCOTUS obliterated their right to abortion and is threatening to kill contraception. If you're wondering if voting against your own interests in order to preserve white supremacy is still a thing. Yep, seems like it is. You can even have your rights taken away and in the very face of that say, well, I still would like to support these old horrible ways of being and not let our nation and just the world evolve forward. White women accounted for 37% of voters and over half of them voted red, 53%. You can see that right there here on your screen, 53% voting Republican. Unreal, whereas 88% of black voters voted Democrat, only 10% going Republican. And a third of Latino voters going to Republicans, just over a third of Asian Americans as well. Let's not forget that white women also came out in droves to support Trump. About 52% of them voted for Trump in the 2016 presidential election. More than half supported the grabber himself, as the Washington Post noted. In the past 18 presidential elections, they have repeatedly voted for the Republican candidate, breaking only for Lyndon B. Johnson and for Bill Clinton's second term. That's right, thank you. As political scientist Jane Jun wrote in 2016, the elephant in the room is white and female. And she's been standing there since 1952. What we also know is that the red wave was stopped by a levy of young Democrats. This Twitter user urged Americans to thank voters. Victor Shee writes, 
New data confirms 18 and 29 year olds voted for Democrats more than any other age group yesterday. Young people literally prevented a red wave and saved Democrats full stop. If you know a young voter, please thank them. And it's so true, if young people came out in even bigger numbers, they would quickly overturn the rest of the electorate in voting power and literally control the future of the country that quickly. But they don't come out, especially not in midterm. So whatever amount did come out, numbers still trickling in, may might have saved our democracy. Yasmin, very confusing behavior. What's your take on this? Yeah, so this reminds me of Liz Lemon on 30 Rock. And I had rewatched this show during the pandemic. And there was a scene where she was confessing to all of the worst things about herself. And one of the things she mentioned was that she tells people she's gonna vote for Obama, but she's probably going to vote for McCain. And even though I was watching it years after that election, it was like, you know, like flames on the side of my face kind of thing, you know? And it's sad because it's one of those things. That I think a lot of non white women wonder about, but there's no way to really know what goes on in someone's head or in their voting booths. And there was that tidbit that you mentioned that went viral when Trump was elected that white women were largely responsible for his win. You can't have it both ways. You can't always, unfortunately, protect your own comfort while claiming to fight for the rights of others. And for a lot of us, it feels like a betrayal. It's like they want all the accolades and all the attention and all of the praise for being you know, helpful or considerate or empathetic, empathetic to <laughs> others. Did I did it, yeah. But at the same time, you, you, you have to back it up, right? You have to vote with your cause. You have to put your action behind your words and they don't do that. It's so true and you also have to prioritize, you have to figure out it's just so mind boggling to me. It's that of course the economy is important. Of course, no one likes inflation, but it's largely caused by global market forces. It's caused also by corporate greed and the president can do more to rein in profits during a time of war, during a time of difficulty in our country, or even still technically in a state of emergency over COVID. There are things he can do to rein it in more and he should do so. But I don't understand how they don't prioritize higher than that their own human rights and maybe equal to that, having a democracy in which they'll have the right to vote for all of their rights moving forward for all of our rights. Yeah, I just don't think it's real for them the way that it is for a lot of us. I think that you know a lot of them, I don't mean to generalize, but I mean, I have seen stats about this, but they do tend to self isolate within their neighborhoods, within their communities, within their church groups, things like that. So a lot of the problems of the world are kind of outside of that bubble. And so the reality of it just isn't there for them. The tangibility of it isn't as much there for them. And then of course, in order to give more rights to somebody else, some people equate that to mean that I would have to give up some of my own rights, which isn't necessarily true. It's based in fear, it's not really based in reality. But I think that that's partly part of the, the what drives them to vote that way. It's true, but it, you're right, it, it, it's so erroneous. Rights are not in not limited a zero supply. Sum game, you know? It's not a zero sum game, you don't pull rights from one group to give them to another. Rights. Don't, it's not an actual tangible product. It's just something you can give freely. It costs you nothing and it makes a more harmonious society. It's similar even to what you're saying about Karen's. It's easier to be kind, it's easier on you to back up. It's easier to support rights for everyone because you have less fights. Even if you don't want rights for everyone, it creates less disharmony in the country. It creates less tumult and you should want that. Even if you don't want rights for other groups, you should want those groups to not be angry all the time at not having having rights and that alone should serve your self interest.
Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. Even if you don't want other people to have right, yeah, it's just like my life would be so much easier if people were less angry all the time, you know. So the less angry people there are, the better it is for everyone. That's it. Hundred percent. I talk about that in my stand-up special, The Mad King. I say about how look, you're never gonna stop everybody from being racist, from being bigoted. There will always be bigoted people. So you just need to explain to them your bigotry. Keep it within your own family at your own bitter Thanksgiving dinner and have a sad meal together. But don't try to take away rights from groups of people because what you, what happens when you do that is it just makes life more difficult even for them. How important could it be to stop someone from using the bathroom they want or have a right to vote? Live and let live. Yeah, it sounds exhausting to always be fighting that battle too. You don't need to be fighting that battle. We all have our own battles, internal, external, got a lot to deal with. It's enough. I don't know why you're making more problems for yourself, you know? True. But racism sometimes does get punished. Our next story will give you a little bit of good news on that. The racist Kentucky student at the University of Kentucky has been banned for life in connection with a physical and verbal assault against another University of Kentucky student. Here's some video of the initial altercation that we've covered here on the show. I hope. Could you stop, please? No. That was despicable human being Sophia Rossing's racist attack on student Kyla Spring at the University of Kentucky. And here is that black student Kyla Spring providing more background on what happened. So last night I was at work and I'm a desk clerk here at the University of Kentucky. And there was a girl, she came in drunk. And when she came in drunk, she was looking at the elevator um, and she was like stumbling and she started talking to the elevator. She was like, I'm gonna effing um, end you. Basically like, I'm gonna end you like off you. Yeah. And so basically what happened was I, Stuck my head out the window. I was like, are you okay? Um, like, what's going on? And that's when the N-word, the B-word, those racial slurs and things started coming out. So I was like, okay, let me call the RA. Again, so I called the RA down, but the RA took a minute. And so in between the time of the RA getting down, the girl has called me the N-word. And um, this girl, she walked in about a one o'clock maybe one like one o'clock one fifteen somewhere in between that time um she did not look like a resident so i did not open the door but when she came in she stumbled across the front desk over to the elevator and she started talking to the elevator um it is a part of our job that if we see a student that's like very drunk we are to call um an ra to help for them to be able to write up a report or really just to make sure the student gets to where they need to be um safely there's some more firsthand account for you. 
to summarize it again, last week, terrible human being, Sophia Rossing, went viral when she appeared intoxicated, attacking University of Kentucky student desk clerk, calling her the N word and B word repeatedly. Rossing's charges came at her. Consequences do come sometimes for bad actions. Alcohol intoxication in a public place, disorderly conduct, fourth degree assault, and third degree assault of a police officer. Rossing was bonded out of jail around 6 p.m. last Monday night. Her parents were president and covered her face as she left, according to Rossing's attorney. Why, not proud of your actions anymore? Oh, that's a shame. Her attorney, Fred Peters, said she was apologetic, humiliated, and withdrawing from University of Kentucky following the incident, and also said Rossing was getting treatment. Meanwhile, in a letter to the campus community, University of Kentucky President Eli Capaluto called the behavior seen in the video disgusting and devastating to our community. But are there more consequences? Well, let's hear the statement. In part, it reads, Ms. Rossing is no longer a student at the University of Kentucky. Within hours of learning about this incident, we suspended her on an interim basis, a move that banned her from campus during our investigation. I've also determined that she will not be eligible to re-enroll as a student. She is permanently banned from the campus. Although she's no longer a student, we must continue our investigations. That includes our cooperation with an investigation into criminal charges filed, our code of student conduct, disciplinary proceedings, and racial harassment misconduct being reviewed by our Office of Institutions equity and equal opportunity. Further charges could be forthcoming based on these investigations. That is some good news. A little bit of proof there, a little bit of hope that when these disgusting people take out their their biases and their bigotry on innocent people, they will get punished. Their names will be tarnished and they will suffer consequences. As for Kyla Spring, the student who was harassed and can be heard in the video saying, quote, I do not get paid enough for this, has been gaining support. A GoFundMe has been started. It reads, hello everyone, I would like to start this GoFundMe for Kyla just to keep her on her feet for the rest of the year. Whether she goes back to work or not, it would help. It would be helpful to her no matter what, anything will help. Thank you, and already almost reached the $10,000 goal. You can support the GoFundMe if you please. Um, what a disgusting display of lack of humanity towards another person. Thankfully, the university took action. Uh, Yasmin, not an easy story to see. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, now the girl is playing the victim. She's saying she didn't know she was being recorded. She's saying that she wasn't in her right state of mind, even though you know alcohol doesn't make you a racist out of nowhere. She's saying her punishment was too severe and that now her future is ruined. Not that she ruined her future, but that it was ruined by, I don't know, some malicious external entity or force. The thing with justice is that it's only a step on the way to accountability and on the way to general societal betterment. Justice that doesn't lead to remorse or at least understanding for how you ended up in your position, it's good, but it's really not enough. And honestly, I feel for Kyla and these stories, we tend to focus on the perpetrator, but Kyla has to carry that that whole incident with her now. And I hope she's okay. And the grace she handled it with too. I don't know how somebody has that kind of self control. If somebody was doing that to me, I would be attacking them back. I was one time on Halloween, was dressed as a Top Gun fighter pilot and these guys self identifying as Nazis tried to fight me and my friends and I immediately was fighting them back. I ended up getting thrown against the CVS wall, but you have to try to fight back against this thing. But she didn't, she was able to hold her composure and just have the high ground in every respect during this traumatizing experience. And it's just so impressive. I'm so glad that she at least will financially benefit a little bit 
from having to deal with such a difficult thing. But you're right, I never even understand why apologies matter to people as much as true true payback to society. Anybody can say sorry once and especially once they suffer consequences like Kyrie Irving apologizing after 10 chances to apologize, after 10 chances to speak on the substance of what he did, only after a suspension and true financial harm to him does he then disavow it when he's forced to. Well, then the apology means nothing. Yeah, I, I was wondering about this. I always wonder about that actually. These, um, you know, any public figure who has to make an apology for something like that at some point, especially in the case of Kyrie Irving, it's like, why do we even need the apology anymore? Why do we even want that? Would that even make anyone feel better? Because we know who he is, we know how he feels, and he wants us to know those things. He wanted us to know how he felt because he said these things that he said, and he wanted to us to know that he was not apologetic, he was not remorseful, and that's why he didn't apologize, even though he had so many opportunities to do so. And the thing about Kyla not fighting back and having the dignity that she had, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times <clears throat> we put a lot of pressure, societal pressure on these victims to hold themselves in a certain manner, to carry themselves with integrity. Because if Kyla had fought back, the whole story would be different. That would be the whole story is how she was fighting this white woman. So unfortunately, that's another thing that we have to fight against. That is true, and you're so right. Like you always wonder why people even want the apology. It always just yeah. struck me a little bit like childish. Like we're all children, and we're like, say you're sorry. Like literally, two syllables are going to make horrible actions okay. I'm sorry. All oh, good. Now everything is fine. That's not how the world works. And you're also so right when you say that it's not like alcohol or getting drunk makes you racist. This is something I've talked about in my stand up for years. It's I've been drunk many times, full disclosure, many times. Never once have I used the n-word or any racial slurs or said anything offensive to any group of people because I'm a kind person who loves all groups of people. It just accentuates what you've always wanted to say and you never let out of your head before because you were too afraid to because of societal conventions and the alcohol let it free. You don't say things that you make up out of thin air, you say things you've been holding in the back of your head for a long time and have been too afraid to say. Yeah, alcohol is never an excuse for the things that fly out of your mouth when you're drunk. Everyone And anyone who drinks should be prepared for the things that might fly out of their mouth when they're drunk. Just saying. This is true. This segment yeah. brought to you by Bud Light. We are not responsible for things you say. Also, we're not sponsored by Bud Light, just to be very <laughs> clear about that. And on that note, let's go to a break because I probably shouldn't make up fake sponsors. We'll be right back. Stick and stay. We are back on Indisputable. I'm Ben Glebe filling in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. And joining me today is Yasmin Alia Khan. She is fantastic. And so are all of you watching with us today. Some viewer comments I'd like to read um, on the majority of white women voting Republican in the midterms. Luke Cyborg Dragon says, how much of white women voting Republican is survival for them? If I was a woman that had a husband that believes those crazy ideas, I wouldn't want to piss them off either. Interesting perspective. Um, Nina R, no illusion, says it's religion for sure. Religion influences women way more than men. It's the guilt trip that Christianity dumps on women, especially older women. Interesting. Um, Yasmin, you have a thought on that? Yeah, um, I mean, like I live in Texas, so I know a lot of those older white women, and they do. They vote based on 
with their husbands believe partly, but a lot of it is based on the religion and the church and what is acceptable there. A lot of them are one issue voters and they vote because of abortion rights and things like that. So I've just, I've seen a lot of that happen, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then on the on the racist Kentucky student being banned for life, travel nurse dragon says her parents need to help hide her face because they were undoubtedly who taught her to act like that. Both on the same point, it's just your environment is so crucial to who you end up being and how you end up acting in this world. And it's just it's just a real bummer. We also have a comment from Princess Milk Chocolate. They want to hang on to them white privilege passes. Crying laughing emoji. Yeah, they do, they do, but this is a far cry even from white privilege to taking it into denigrating a, a, a another group of people. That is that is some next level white privilege, unreal. And on Twitch, um, Agnostic Sister says, um, how effing horrible and I am a white woman. Well, there you go. So no more solidarity in the face of disgusting behavior. So there's that. Let's go now into our next story, if we can. A Columbus County, North Carolina sheriff, after being caught spewing racist insults, petitioned by the district attorney to be fired, and then finally resigning, has been reelected to office. Jody Green, with all precincts reporting, has won the race for Columbus County Sheriff. Green received 10,034 votes, 54.26% to Jason Solis's 8,458 votes, 45.74% in the unofficial results. Look at that guy. That is an intense looking dude, not surprised by his beliefs, not to judge a book by its cover, but sometimes you can a little. Here's some background on Green. Green's troubles began in September after a subordinate recorded him on a phone call making racist remarks against a recently terminated sergeant and the former sheriff he defeated in the 2020 election, both of whom are black and who were involved in a legal challenge to the election results that temporarily sidelined him from his duties. Quote, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of these black bastards, said Green. I'm gonna clean house and be done with it and we'll start from there. Unbelievable people's in people's just racism. You can be angry at somebody. Why did black have to be inserted there? Can't somebody be a bastard and not have to denigrate their whole race of people? Are there not white bastards in that person's eyes? Are there not people that do things you disagree with? Why does it have to be lumped in with somebody's skin color? It's so juvenile and insane and bigoted and disgusting. Here's a portion of that audio recording for those who need a direct reminder. I'm still the mother of the sheriff, and when I, I was up there in front of my goddamn black person. That's how I'm scared. I'm stupid. I don't know what else to do with it. So I said, it's just time to clean them out. There's a snitch in there somewhere telling what we're doing, and I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to have it. That's the law. It's moments like that you almost wish you were defended by a Herschel Walker type with a fake badge instead. 
pretty insane. Jason Solis, his political opponent in the sheriff's race was the one that exposed the racist call. And the Solis Green beef runs deeper than just that phone recording. When Green took office, his victory was disputed in a lawsuit by his then opponent, Lewis Hatcher. In the meantime, Solis filled the seat but resigned after Green's claim to the throne was solidified. However, Green ended up arresting Solis' stepfather in 2020 after he made a snarky comment telling him to grow up, per the report. The next year, Solis was gunning for the sheriff's seat. There were other allegations of misconduct committed by Green. From there, further allegations surfaced that Green had engaged in intimidation and abuse of authority by arresting residents who insulted him and even threatening to arrest county commissioners for no valid reason. He was also accused of carrying on a sexual relationship with one of his detectives while they were on duty, at one point causing damage to county property. With the sexual relationship, I need to find out more about that. I don't know how a sexual relationship causes damage to property, but that's some intense sexual relations and inappropriate ones at that, good Lord. Well, reelected, racists reelected. So a red wave was staved off, but we still have a bunch of despicable people rising to positions of power in this country and it's gotta be stopped. I don't know how we do it except just vigilance and calling them out and putting their faces on camera and exposing them like we are right now on Indisputable. Uh, Yasmin, your thoughts on this insanity? Yeah, I liked what you said earlier, and I think you're right that racism is juvenile. And personally, I've always seen it as a lack of intelligence or a lack of critical thinking on someone's part. I don't think it's very intelligent to to harbor racist feelings, but that's one thing. And you know, but the other thing is that a man like this should not be even considered a viable candidate for public office for a sheriff position. But there's no accountability. We know about the things he said. We know about how he feels about certain things. We know about the way that he acts behind the scenes when he thinks no one's watching or listening. But there aren't real consequences for actions or words if somebody like this can just become reelected, right? Someone like this sheriff should not have earned so much support from voters in his area. And it's like what we were talking about earlier. This is a betrayal by everyone who voted for him to their neighbors. They, they betrayed their neighbors, that's what this is. 100% and it's just again that lack of priorities as well. The fact that somebody can excuse abhorrent behavior maybe because they like his sheriffing in other ways. I mean, how are you justifying supporting disgusting human beings? I don't care even how good they are at their job. And it sounds like he's not very good at his job and he's corrupt in many ways. But even if not, there just have to be some things that are disqualifying in this world. I think racism should be one of them. That's just me, I guess, and you, Yasmin, and anybody with a decent heart. But yeah. we don't always win out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, these people should not be in power. They shouldn't be given any kind of authority over a general population, especially when that population is not solid white. So, yeah, exactly. Create an all white town somewhere in another country, another planet, and I don't know go. If that's but it's maybe not a great solution. It's kind of riffing it. But the point is. If you're gonna be racist, go be racist somewhere where it doesn't affect anybody. Stop fair, putting it on enough. us. Oh, it's insane. I, I do rescind the white planet idea. Thank you, yeah, yeah. Although maybe sending racists to outer space to be the guinea pigs first, not a terrible idea. I Although mean, I don't wanna go to space, so whatever. Yeah, but then if they meet aliens, aliens are gonna think we're all racist and it's gonna be more likely to come and annihilate us. The, it's the a bad representation, yeah. yeah, a bad first impression. <laughs> That's right, you never get a second chance to make a first impression when you send racists to outer space. Oh, 
I think Jordan's our next me. story. <laughs> uh, the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office has identified two of the leaders in recent anti-Semitic displays as a local man and one who traveled from California and told officers he was the most famous anti-Semite in America on the internet. Listed in the incident report, those men were Joshua Dan Nunes. Put their pictures up, I love it, we're doing it right now. 36 year old of Jacksonville, Florida on the left. And John Eugene Minadeo II, 39 year old of Petaluma, California on the right. Wearing a disgusting anti-Semitic shirt or holding it up right there. Uh, disgusting human beings. While they've been identified, neither man was arrested for their actions. Nunes organized the group who displayed the anti-Semitic banners on the Interstate 10 overpass at Chaffee Road on October 28th for the Georgia Florida game weekend saying end Jewish supremacy in America and honk if you know it's the Jews. Doesn't make any sense, not even a full thought there. As a Jewish man, just terribly offensive in every way. These people that are just repeating the the lies and the hatred and the ignorance of Kanye West and Kyrie Irving and others that have influence over people. And you see it spread so quickly, so quickly around the country. He came forward when officers asked to speak to the organizer that day where he told officers that they were members of the National Socialist Florida. He established the group according to the ADL Center on Extremism, which called it an emerging Duval County based neo-Nazi organization that has in recent months dramatically expanded its range of activities. On the I-10 overpass that day, Minadeo also was operating a small drone above the National Socialist Florida group. Nunes said Minadeo was not part of this group and he would prefer that the drone man was not there with them. Minadeo who listed his occupation as internet broadcaster, I personally take offense as part of that group, was polite but evasive, according to the report. He told officers he was once arrested in at Auschwitz in Poland. Wow. The next day, Minadeo used his drone to film anti-Semitic messages referencing Kanye West being displayed with a laser on Jacksonville buildings, including one of the Georgia Florida game at TIAA Bank Field. He said someone else operated the laser, but he would not identify them. During that filming, a cluster of police officers was trying to block the laser, but he told them he and the operator were following the law and trying to stop them would violate their first amendment rights. Wow, a woman passerby who was apparently Jewish and did not like the messages punched me in the head. A move the police witnessed but ignored, as in that case they should have. The state attorney's office in Jacksonville received inquiries about the legality of the recent protest and messaging. But what many view as hate speech is considered free speech by the US Constitution. Quote, if this office is presented with evidence indicating an intent to directly incite imminent criminal activity or specifically threaten violence against a person or group, then criminal prosecution may be implicated, according to a statement from the state attorney's office. So uh, there you have it, a lot of racism running rampant. Uh, Yasmin, your thoughts? Yeah, well, it's like what we were talking about. These don't seem like very intelligent people. And as you mentioned, you know, it's sad that people are so susceptible to influence from celebrities or from whoever their leaders are. And that's why I never buy it when people say that we should just dismiss comments from people like Kanye or Ye and Kyrie Irving whenever they say things publicly. And that's why I was worried from the moment that Trump started saying terrible things on Twitter back in 2015 when he was running for president the first time. We know that the things that they say 
they're ridiculous. We know that they're not good. We know that these are terrible people. But to other people who may be more susceptible, who may be more open to certain ideas, those things sound like truth to them. And if somebody as popular as Kanye or Donald Trump is saying them publicly and not facing a whole lot of backlash for it, they think, well, maybe these are becoming more mainstream ideas now. Maybe we can start talking about this more openly. And that's why we have neo-Nazis on I-10. It's it's a very it's a very straight chain of events. Yeah, yeah, it is so true. You see the direct line, it's so obvious. Um, as a Jewish man, let me speak on behalf of all Jewish people. We're not controlling you. We're not controlling anybody in in Jacksonville. We're not controlling anybody in any part of the world. You're free to be who you want and we see who you want to be very clearly there. It's just so weird how much of sheep these idiots are too because they instantly parrot whatever their favorite celebrities put out there. They instantly parrot whatever, all of a sudden it's the Jews this week. The week before it was black people and Kanye with his white lives matter shirts. And it's just always jumping to different scapegoats to explain away their unhappy lives and their their dissatisfaction with who they are as people. Yeah, and I always fall back on education. I feel like people need to just have enough of an understanding about the world and our history and as much as you can, right? Because at least, at the very least, you can recognize when you don't know something, when you don't understand something. And if you want, you can dig deeper into something else instead of just trusting the ideas that come out of somebody like Kanye West. That's it. Yeah, not trusting Kanye West in general would be a pretty solid idea if you ask me. Mm-hmm. But we will Another won't. genius, right? We were talking about geniuses earlier, he's another one. Yeah, exactly. Geniuses that get that label and then they're taken far too seriously than they should ever be. Um, Meanwhile, in Germany, KFC Germany reportedly pushed out a notification on Wednesday urging customers to treat themselves at the fried chicken chain in commemoration of Kristallnacht. A message the company later said was an error, the night of broken glass that was the beginning of the Holocaust. The push notification in part translated read, it's Memorial Day for Reichsbogenacht. The German name for Crystal Knock, treat yourself with more tender cheese on your crispy chicken now at KFC Cheese. An hour after it was sent out, KFC issued another apologizing for what it described as a system lapse, the post reported. So um, disgusting and obviously just as an example to show how we need to be a lot more careful and a lot more sensitive when talking about anything that traumatizes a whole group of people. That is all the time we have today for Indisputable. Yasmin, where can people follow you and find you? Uh, you can actually find my stuff on a new channel for from TYT. Well, it's kind of like a relaunch, but I'm on the breakdown now. I was on Rebel HQ, but now I'm on the breakdown. Same kind of content that you're going to be getting from me, just on a different channel. So that's where you can find me. I love that. Thank you. Great being with you. You can catch me tomorrow uh, anchoring the Young Turks power panel. And uh, that is it for now. Thank you for being with us. We really appreciate it. And check out my special, The Mad King. It's already live on YouTube right now. Just go search The Mad King and get some laughs. Uh, And then tune in. And for all TYT programming, please be sure and stick and stay. Thanks for being with us.